Welcome to On The Money Line, a podcast by MMA Play 365. I'm Newsom and I'm here to break down UFC Jacksonville. We're back with a crowd on Saturday night. We've got 14 fights and it's actually a really solid fight night as well. Like I'm really, really looking forward to watching pretty much every fight. Even at the start of the card, we've got fights that are just absolute firefights. So yeah, really looking forward to it. As for this episode of the podcast this breakdown it is going to be more of a quick fire breakdown unfortunately suffering a little bit with a chest infection I still wanted to put something out though some predictions out there so it's just going to be more of a quick prediction quick reason why and just firing through all of these fights just because like I said I am struggling a little bit now in regards to the Bayes AI recap not too sure right now if I'm going to do the recap from last weekend again I'm just struggling with my chest and my voice and my throat so I might put something out later in the week if I can. If not, though, there's plenty of Bayes AI recaps. If you are wanting to understand a little bit more about the AI, how it works, some education, some guidance of how to use it in regards to betting with the AI, then, again, like I said, there's plenty of recent recaps that you can use just to tune in, listen to the fights that I'm recapping, where Bayes AI was, where the odds were, and which way you possibly should have bet if you were going to bet that fight, all that good stuff. So there's plenty on there from the Bayes AI recaps already if I don't put something out this week, which at the minute is looking quite unlikely if I'm being honest. But you can find all those Bayes AI recaps at youtube.com forward slash MMA play 365. And we've got Bayes AI specific playlist there. So check that out if you are interested in AI and AI for betting in MMA and the UFC. So let's get started. UFC Jacksonville, the main event. We've got Josh Emmett versus Aaliyah Taporia. I absolutely love this fight. I think it's violent. I think it can end at any moment. You've got Josh Emmett, who was on that seven-fight streak of knockdowns, at least one knockdown in seven straight fights. Insane power. In my opinion, still the hardest hitter in the featherweight division. But then you've got Aaliyah Taporia, who's the rising star, the prospect everyone's talking about. The dude hits like a truck as well. He's got a really dangerous submission game. So it's a really, really interesting fight, especially over five rounds as well. Now, I am going to be siding with Josh Emmett. It's not going to be a surprise for a lot of people, you know, that have been tuning in and listening to my breakdowns for a while. I love Josh Emmett. I think he's well-rounded. Like I said, he's got that power, that insane power that he can land on pretty much everybody. And over five rounds, you've got to assume he's going to land some hard shots and on Aaliyah Taporia and it's going to be interesting to see how Taporia takes it but it's not just the power with Emma he's got the wrestling background he's really big and thick for the division as well so with the wrestling background and his physique I think his takedown defense is going to hold up should Aaliyah Taporia decide to wrestle I'm not saying Taporia can't take him down but it's going to be difficult and if Taporia does take him down Emmett's got a decent jiu-jitsu game as well I think that I don't think he's going to get rolled over on the mat is what I'm trying to say I think he'll be able to get back up to his feet and also the five rounds we have seen Aaliyah Taporia, fair enough it was a, a few fights ago now, but we have seen Taporia stretched over three rounds. I think it was his UFC debut and he was gassed so bad in that fight. So I'm thinking, well, look, if this goes into the fourth and fifth round, if there isn't a finish, I'd be surprised. But if it does go into the fourth and fifth round, I think Josh Emmett's got that five round experience as well. And like I say, look, Taporia could come out here and knock Emmett out. Would I be shocked? No. Could Taporia take Emmett down, capitalise on a mistake? 
with Emmett getting back up to his feet and submitting. Absolutely. Would I be surprised? No. But I just feel that the experience, the high-level competition that he's faced and the power that he still possesses, along with the wrestling background, I think Josh Emmett's got a decent chance of winning this fight. So I'm picking Josh Emmett to win this fight. And in the next fight, the co-main event, we've got Amanda Hebas versus Macy Barber. I'm signing with Amanda Hebas here. I think this fight's well-matched. I just feel that Macy Barber's getting away with a lot, though, recently in regards to these decisions. She's had a few decisions over the last few fights that, in my opinion, probably shouldn't have gone her way, and they have done. So at some point, when you're fighting that close and when the fights that you're fighting close maybe shouldn't be going your way and you are getting the nod and the decision the split decisions, the you know, the slight favourability on the judges' scorecards, I do think eventually that's going to run out. And the thing is with Amanda Hebas, she's a fighter towards the top of the division. So I do think that Hebas is going to be able to do what previous opponents have done against Macy Barber in regards to just keeping it very competitive. But I do think Hebas is a step above and I do think that she's just going to be able to control the better moments of the fight. I think she's probably more well-rounded as well in regards to the grappling side as well as the striking. I think if the fight stays on the feet, Hebas will be okay. I think if it hits the mat, Hebas will be okay. So look, I do think it's going to be competitive. I think Barber's going to have her moments in this fight, but I do think that Hebas is just that level above I think Hebas should be able to just pull away with this fight the longer it goes on. And even if the fight's super close and a split decision, I just feel that Hebas will have done enough, at least on two judges' scorecards out of the three. And I don't think Barber gets the look here that she's had in previous fights. So I'm picking Amanda Hebas to win this fight. And in the next fight, we've got Cody Brundage stepping in on short notice to replace Punahele Soriano. And Cody Brundage is fighting Cedricas Dumas. Now, I was going to bet Dumas against Soriano. Big underdog. A little bit different here. This fight is pretty much a pick him. Slightly in on Brundage, I think. The thing is with Brundage, I like how he fights early on. Like, he comes out, he's got decent striking, he's got decent wrestling, he's got a decent grappling game. He's a good all-round fighter. But, man, he makes some horrible decisions inside the cage. Now, the thing is with Dumas... Dumas showed a little bit of a vulnerability last time out, you know, getting taken down and getting smothered a little bit. And of course, that's always going to be a worry here. The thing is, Dumas fought last time out against Fremd. And I think Fremd is not only a better version of Brundage, but he's also bigger and stronger and more physical as well. I also think Dumas is going to learn from his mistakes. And listen, Dumas is still on the main card here. So the UFC are clearly stating that, you know, Dumas is a fighter that they think highly of. And I do think Dumas is a good fighter as well. I just think on his UFC debut, there's a few things going against him. It wasn't quite his night. But in this fight, I think he's going to be the better striker, the better mover, the more elusive fighter as well. Like I said, you've got to have concerns if he gets taken down. But look, like I said, he was struggling to get up just against a big Josh Fremd. I do think if Brundage gets him down, I do think Dumas can get back up to his feet. And I think Dumas could potentially score takedowns himself here. Like I say, I think he had a real tough first fight stylistically. Didn't really favour him too much. It was his UFC debut. He was at a massive physical physique disadvantage against Fremd as well. I think he's going to have a better time in this fight. So I'm picking Cedric as Dumas to win this fight. And in the next fight, this is going to be a fun fight. We've got David Onama versus Gabriel Santos. In my opinion, I think Santos beat 
Lerone Murphy last time out. I bet Santos as an underdog as well. Pretty disappointed that I didn't get to cash that ticket, but it was close enough that, you know, I can't be mad. It wasn't a robbery, but I do think Santos won. And even David Onama, I think that Lerone Murphy is a better version of Onama. So if Santos was coming in on short notice against Murphy and putting that type of performance on, I think he's going to have a good time against David Onama. I think Onama's going to have his moments in this fight. He's explosive, he's powerful, he's athletic, but I do think that Santos is more technical. I think. Santos fights really well moving backwards, which is key. If Onama's really being aggressive early on, I think Santos will be able to be fine firing counter-wise. I think he'll be able to level change with takedowns as well. I think Santos's cardio is better, which is key. And I think the longer this fight goes on, the more Santos is just going to take over. Like I said, he's the more technical striker. I think he's got sneaky good power. He's got good wrestling. He's got good grappling. And I think Onama, like I said, he's going to have some moments early on. But I think Santos is going to be able to take over after those early moments. And like I said, stylistically and from a skill set perspective, I think it's a good fight for him. So I'm picking Gabriel Santos to win this fight. In the next fight, another really good matchup. We've got Brendan Allen versus Bruno Silva. Both fighters coming off really impressive wins. Brendan Allen, though, I kind of think that, look, he's looked so good lately. I really do think there's some overcompensation on the betting line. You know, it's not crazy, but Bruno Silva being out at plus 150 again, I just feel that the line should be a little bit closer. I do think it's relative of a pick and fight. And again, I do think both fighters have got paths to victory. Bruno Silva definitely on... Defeat, striking, could knock Brendan Allen down, out, sorry, and if Brendan Allen takes Bruno Silva down, then I think Brendan Allen could be able to do a good work on Silva, potential submission there as well, or ground and pound. So it's a really well-matched fight, stylistically it's great, but I am going to be siding with the underdog here in Bruno Silva. Like I said, I just got a funny feeling that Allen's looked so great lately, we see it all the time, a fighter looks so great, everyone jumps on the, jumps on the bandwagon, jumps on a bit of a hype train, and then the line gets overcompensated, and then they lose as the favourite, and I feel it's this type of fight, stylistically, like I said, both fighters have got their advantages in the different areas, but I'm going to be siding with the striker here, I'm picking Bruno Silva to win this fight. And in the next fight, we've got Neil Magny versus Philip Rowe. Interesting for Magny here. This is the first time that he's fighting somebody else who's six foot three with an 80 inch reach. So all the physical advantages, the reach and length advantages that Neil Magny normally has in his fights during his long UFC career, he's not going to have here. He's going to be matched height and reach by Philip Rowe. Now, I still think Magny is going to be a little bit tricky from the wrestling perspective, but Philip Rowe, I really like his jiu-jitsu. He's a solid black belt. He knows what he's doing on the mat. He doesn't stay on his back for too long before he starts trying to throw up submissions, hit sweeps and reversals, which he can hit. And we've seen Neil Magny on his back against uh, Chiesa, for example. And Neil Magny on his back is just not the same as Neil Magny on top. So... That's an interesting dynamic in this fight for two fighters that are very close to being mirror images of each other. Whoever's on the back, I think, is going to be struggling, but I trust Phil Rowe more on his back than I do Neil Magny on his back. On the feet striking, I think it's going to be super competitive. Neil Magny's a little bit more low volume. Phil Rowe gets hit a little bit more in those types of fights. I normally like the guy that just lands more, even though he gets hit more, just because that fighter is normally the fighter that's going to put out the better levels of activity. So, like I said, I think it's going to be close, competitive. From a frame and height perspective, it's going to be interesting as both of these guys are really long for the division. But I'm going to side with Phil Rowe in this fight, the younger fighter, the fighter that is de developing and improving each time we see him. I just like Phil Rowe 
more on his back than Magni on his back and on the feet. I think Rowe's just going to potentially land a little bit more. So that's why I'm siding with Rowe. I'm picking Philip Rowe to win this fight. In the next fight, we've got Zhalgas Zumagulov versus the newcomer Joshua Van. Zumagulov should have fought last weekend against Felipe Bunes, and he should have had a couple of other fights before that as well. Opponents just keep on falling out. Really hope for Zumagulov's sake that, you know, he gets to walk into the cage and have a fight this weekend. And actually, out of all the previous fights, Zumagulov's been booked and the fights have fell through. I actually think this is the better fight for him. Look, Joshua Van's a good fighter. Seems to be more of a striker, but does have a, a decent all-round game. Can wrestle and grapple a little bit as well. But striking is definitely seems to be where he's strongest. And I just feel that his volume just falls off a cliff a little bit. Like he has moments of inactivity and he can be taken down as well. And the thing is with Zuma Gulov, I think Zuma Gulov's a veteran enough fighter who has that all-round game. He'll keep up his levels of activity. He'll mix in some takedowns as well. And I just feel that... Like, like, look, look at Zuma Gulov's record. You know, he's fought insane competition in the UFC, insane competition outside the UFC. Joshua Van, like I said, he's a good fighter. He's still really, really young, and he's still got a bright future ahead of him. But coming into this fight on short notice against Zuma Gulov, I think Zuma Gulov's just going to be the better fighter. Do more work inside the cage, slightly better from an, an all-round perspective as well. And I think that this is a good fight for Zuma Gulov to get back in the win column. Of course, with me saying that, we're probably going to look at a split decision loss with Zuma Gulov's previous record. But no, in all seriousness, I think Zuma Gulov's got a good fight here. So I'm picking Jalga Zuma Gulov to win this fight. In the next fight, we've got a barn burner here between Justin Taffer and Austin Lane. Now, Austin Lane... Comes from that NFL background, but he's had a number of fights in MMA, and I do think that he's looking better each time we see him. He's still got holes, for example, if he steps in there, somebody takes him down, he's going to struggle off his back. Although he did hit a nice sweep in his last fight, or the fight before that, I can't remember which one it was, he, he has hit a nice sweep, so we are seeing some developments in that part of his game, but... He's still going to struggle at the UFC level when someone wants to take him down. Justin Taffer, though, is a pure striker. I'd be really surprised if Taffer's shooting takedowns here. I think this fight's going to be a fight where, for the majority of the fight, most fighters are going to, mo both of these fighters are going to want to stand and bang. But I actually think Austin Lane, he's got some sneaky good throws. And I kind of feel that if he does get into a close exchange and wants to tie up with Taffer and throws him down to the mat, I do think that. Taffer could struggle on his back with Lane on top of him. And that's not a knock on Taffer. It's just these heavyweights, man, like Rodrigo Nascimento against Elia Latifi a few weeks ago. I bet Nascimento because I thought if Elia Latifi takes him down, Nascimento will be able to get back up to his feet because Nascimento is a legit BJJ black belt. But man, just when you've got a heavyweight on top of you, it doesn't matter how good your BJJ is. Like, it's going to be hard to get that man off you. So I think in this fight, Austin Lane's got a couple of paths of victory. I think he could knock Taffer out. But in return, I think Taffer could absolutely knock Austin Lane out as well. So when you're looking for just that extra little bit of an edge, I think if Lane takes Taffer down, he's the more willing fighter to look for a takedown. I think he could do good work on top. He's got a good ground and pound. So yeah, I am siding with Austin Lane. I'm picking Austin Lane to win this fight. In the next fight, we've got Randy Brown versus Wellington Terman. Wellington Terman, for here, for me here, has got to be looking to take Randy Brown down. And I do think he could get a takedown or two. I do think he might be able to get Brown on his back or maybe even sneak around his back and look to try and drag the fight down against the cage. The one thing I've always said with Wellington Terman, I think his, his cage work is seriously, seriously impressive. He's one of the better fighters 
that work inside the clinch against the cage in the UFC. And so that's something Brown's got to be careful of. But I do think if Terman takes Brown down, Brown's no slouch on the mat. He can hit submissions off his back. He can stand back up to his feet. And I think Terman will be successful in some takedowns, but I don't see a relentless wrestling approach, which I think you'd probably need in this fight to beat Brown. I do think the better or bigger action moments are going to take place on the feet. That's where I think Brown's got a huge advantage. And whilst both fighters are on the feet striking, Brown's going to be taller, longer. I think he's a better technical striker, stray punches, and just mixes things up better within his punches and his kicks and puts combinations together as well. And also Brown's quite dangerous in the clinch with his elbows and the long knees. So for me, I do think Terman's going to have his moments. I think he'll have some success in this fight, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm picking Randy Brown to win this fight. And in the next fight, we've got Matthews Rebetsky versus Loic Radzabov. And outside of the main event, I think this is the highest level fight on the entire card. I think this is just an amazing fight. Both fighters have got good wrestling. Both fighters have got good striking. We can question both fighters from a cardio perspective as well. But for me, I think that Rebetsky is the fighter that is going to be more well-rounded. He's going to be more dangerous. And he's going to put out more activity. I also think that, although, like I said, there is a bit of a question mark on the cardio on both sides. I think Rajabov's cardio takes a bigger hit than Rebetsky's. And Rebetsky puts out more volume as well. So, for a fighter to put out more volume and tire less than the fighter putting out less volume and tiring more, it does lean me towards Matthews Rebetsky. And for how the fight's going to finish, look, Rebetsky's got huge power, southpaw, big left hand, he could knock Rajabov out. I also think Rajabov's got real good power as well. I think he could knock Rebetsky out. It's just, again, I think Rebetsky's a little bit more durable, and I think that Rajabov's got a smaller window of opportunity. So I wouldn't be shocked if Rebetsky knocked Rajabov out in the third round, but I would be surprised if Rajabov was knocking Rebetsky out in the third round. For me, I think Rajabov's got to get it done early if he's if he is going to get it done. And the other side to this as well is Rebetsky is low-key a real good grappler like BJJ Black Belt he's got ADCC experience as well competition experience winning fights at ADCC so for those that don't know what ADCC is it's like the World Cup of grappling no gi and yeah for me I think look Rebetsky's got more of a tank for three rounds he's got the same power as Rajabov's going to have in that first round but I think Rebetsky's wrestling is going to be slightly better. I think his grappling is going to be slightly better. But look, it, it is a real high-level fight. If Rajabov turns up here and puts it on Rebetsky and takes the first couple of rounds, for example, then it's going to be tough for Rebetsky. A real high-level fight, but I'm siding with Rebetsky. I'm picking Matthews Rebetsky to win this fight. And in the next fight, this is a well-matched fight as well. We've got Tabitha Ricci versus Gillian Robertson. Now, I was going backwards and forwards on this fight, but I have decided to side with Ricci. Look, I think Robertson's dangerous from a, a submission perspective, and it's going to be interesting because I don't think Ricci's fought anybody the level of grappler that Robertson is. Ricci can normally go in there. She does a really good job with the takedown. She's got some really crafty takedowns as well, some takedowns that aren't really orthodox type of takedowns if that makes sense so some takedowns that fighters probably don't prepare for because the like she'll she'll hit the single leg but then sorry she'll hit the double leg but then trip out at the standing leg rather than turning the corner cutting the corner and completing the takedown so it's little things like that but Ricci has always been able to do that confidently knowing that she's the better grappler but in this fight I'm not 100% sure she's the better grappler she might be and we'll find out but 
Ultimately, the reason why I'm picking Ricci is because I think her wrestling's better than Gillian Robertson's. And look, if Robertson gets Ricci down, then I think that Ricci's got really good grappling, probably the best grappler that Robertson's fought as well. So when we're looking at the fight, I think Ricci, from a striking perspective, it's, the striking's going to be really close, but I think Ricci's a little bit tighter with the striking. And I think Ricci's offensive wrestling's better. So I think she's going to be quicker to that takedown. I think she's going to be the one more likely taking Robertson down than the other way around. And then with relying on Robertson to hit sweeps and reversals or submissions off her back, which is absolutely probable, but I'm just not sure how successful she's going to be against another really good grappler like Ricci. And for that reason, I trust Ricci more on top than I do Robertson on bottom. I'm picking Tab Tabitha Ricci to win this fight. And in the next fight, we've got Trevor Peak versus Chepe Mariscal or Jose, Jose Mariscal. Some people might know him as, but he's Chepe on Tapology. Now, this fight's going to be a barn burner. Both fighters are going to come out here. They're going to be winging bombs, and it's going to be whoever lands first knocks their opponent out, in my opinion. Now, the thing is, I kind of feel like Trevor Peak's just the better technical brawler, if that makes sense. Now, I'm not ruling out a Mariscal win. Like I said, both fighters, I feel, are going to just throw down and just exchange until someone drops. But Mariscal coming in on short notice. I'm, again, I'm looking at all the small things around the fight. The other thing as well is Trevor Peak said he was working two jobs looking for a third, but I think now he's quit all his jobs and he's just full-time in MMA. So maybe that's better for him in regards to the training and preparation. But... Look, I still think Trevor Peak's got some development to do. I still think he's a fighter that is a little bit flawed at a certain level in the UFC. But for a fight like this where his opponent's going to likely want to stand an exchange with him, I just like Trevor Peak a little bit more. And also, I think Peak's got some okay wrestling that he might be able to use again at a certain level in the UFC. I think that's that certain level. So a few things here. Look, I'm not going to be surprised if these two just stand in the middle of the cage and throw till someone drops and Mariscal wins. But even in that scenario, I kind of like Peak as well. He's got some really deceptive power in his hands. So I'm picking Trevor Peak to win this fight. And in the next fight, a really fun fight. We've got Jamal Emmers versus Jack Jenkins. Jack Jenkins is the fighter from Australia that all the big Aussie fighters are calling the dark horse and a fighter to keep an eye on, potential future champion as well. So there's a lot riding on Jack Jenkins' shoulders because like I said, there's a lot of hype on him as well. And from this fight perspective, I think it's the right fight to make. Jamal Emmers is that type of fighter and veteran that, look, if you are going to go on and do things in this division and you're going to keep that hype train going, you need to be beating the Jamal Emmerses of the world. But saying that, Jamal Emmers is a tricky fighter. He's tall, he's long, he's a good striker, he's got a wrestling background, his jiu-jitsu is okay as well. So he's a fighter that, like I said, I think this is a real test for Jack Jenkins, but I do think it's a test Jenkins is going to pass. He is going to be a little bit smaller but I kind of think that works for him here because even if he wants to get his wrestling going and look to take Emmers down, I think that the hips are going to be much closer. Well, I don't think the hips are going to be much closer for Jack Jenkins being smaller. So Jenkins has just got to make sure he's constantly getting into range. But the thing is, Jenkins has got a real hard low kick as well. He's broken multiple fighters' legs with low kicks. And Emmers, obviously being taller, he's got those long skinny legs. And there's just going to be a lot of leg for Jenkins to kick. I do think Emmers is going to be a bit tricky at some points in this fight. I definitely think he's going to have his moments. I think that Jenkins is going to have a real fight here where he is going to be fighting for that win rather than just coasting and cruising like he's been used to. But eventually, I do think Jenkins is going to come out on top. Hard low kicks, mixing a bit of wrestling. He's got a hard punch as well. So 
if he can stop that movement from Emmers with the low kicks and he's threatening the takedowns and Emmers is a little bit unsure what's coming next. He'll be able to close the distance into boxing range and get some of his punches off as well. So yeah, like I say, I think it's going to be a fight where Jenkins is going to really have to dig deep to win. But I do think it's a test that he's going to pass. I'm picking Jack Jenkins to win this fight. And finally, the last fight. Talk about prospect versus prospect. The UFC really want to know with this fight. We've got Tatsuro Tyra versus Clayton Rodriguez. And man, like I say, Clayton, I'm actually disappointed. Normally I love prospect versus prospect. And I'm gonna, I know I'm going to love this fight. It's a great fight. But I really did wish that the UFC had given them a couple more before matching, matching them up together. I think stylistically, though, it favours Tyra. And it's really disappointing because I went into this looking at Rodriguez and the plus 300 and thought, wow, this is crazy. Because Tyra is still a big favourite in this fight, even though he's got another hyped-up prospect at the other side of the cage. Like, this is a real test for Tyra. But Clayton Rodriguez, he can be taken down. When he's looking to get back up, he can give his back as well. And it's that type of... It's those types of things during the scrambles and the get-ups that I think could be a big thing here for Tyra. From a striking perspective, Tyra can strike. I do think Rodriguez is going to be the slightly better striker though, so I do think he's going to have that slight advantage. But I don't think it, that striking advantage is going to be enough to really keep Tyra away from getting in on those legs and taking Clayton Rodriguez down. Clayton Rodriguez has got okay wrestling as well. I just think Tyra is a little bit more elusive. I think he's a little bit more explosive when he does shoot him for the takedowns. And I do think he's going to be able to get Rodriguez down. I think Rodriguez might get up or defend a couple of takedowns the first couple of times. But eventually I think Ty- Tyra's wrestling and his topside grappling is just going to end up smothering Rodriguez a little bit. And I do think that's going to allow Tyra to either rack up a lot of control time or potentially get a finish on top of Rodriguez. It's going to be super, super high-level fight with two real hyped-up prospects. If Rodriguez wins as a big dog, I'll probably be disappointed that you know I didn't take that plus 300 shot, but I have to look at this fight for what it is, and I do see stylistically that Rodriguez has got some holes in his game that Tyra is absolutely elite at taking advantage of those fighters with those types of holes if that makes sense so for those reasons i'm picking tatsoro tyra to win this fight and that's all for this episode of the podcast like i said it's been a lot shorter just suffering with a little bit of a chest infection you know sore throat cough really struggled pulling through this so that's going to be it for this event obviously we'll be back next weekend for another breakdown if you do enjoy the breakdowns if you have enjoyed this quick fire type of breakdown as well and if i've ever helped you win a bet or whatever if you really like the show please just drop a subscription on our youtube channel it really helps the channel drop a comment as well drop a like it helps with the youtube algorithms i'll always try and get back to the comments on youtube if you want a conversation we can have one that's not a problem at all Like I say, I am busy throughout the week, but I'll always do my best to try and respond. If I don't respond, I apologise, but still I appreciate the comment and the subscription. So that's all for me. I'm Newsom, and I'll see you again next week.